Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Face coverings. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, no. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, February 25th. Almost said January. Don't know why, but I almost said January. February 25th. It's just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor are sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe. For all things there is to know the city of Chicago, all things Ben Jarofsky and his columns, all things Maya Dukmasova, her columns, so much on the Chicago Reader. Go check it out, chicagoreader.com, and also become a binhead. That's right. Help out the Ben Jarofsky Show. Go to chicagoreader.com slash Jarofsky for more information. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. And when you become a binhead, rumor has it. You will get a deal. Yes, you will cut a deal as a binhead on the brand new Ben Jarofsky book, his Chicago Reader's Greatest Hits. People still can't get over it. Over four decades. (laughs) He's old, ladies and gentlemen. Four decades of column writing. I'm 37 years old. You can check out 40 years of Ben Jarofsky (laughs) columns. My Lord. It's Ben Jarofsky's greatest hits, <laughs> chicagoreader.com slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y, for more information. Thanks, Chicago Reader. Okay, you do have a song of the day, as always. Oh, boy. I think it's one of my least favorite artists. Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Hey. One of my favorite songs by one of my favorite. Oh. Once upon a time, dressed so fine, through the bumps of time in your pride. Well, didn't you? <laughs> Ow. I could go on and on, but I think you've heard enough, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think for the first time ever, Ben Jarofsky outdid the actual singer of the song. Way to go. That was really good. Maybe that may be better than Bob Dylan. Uh, okay. Uh, you used to laugh about. <laughs> All right. Well, on second hand, the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Thursday, February 25th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, 33rd Ward Alderwoman, Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. And now your host, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Gavin Go Thursday. And here's why. For the last few weeks, I've been following from afar as MAGA cultists in California make their big move to recall Governor Gavin Newsom, Democratic governor of the state of California. Now, I realize by the way, that MAGA cultist is repetitious because anyone who's in MAGA has to be a cultist. Else, why would you dedicate yourself to a maniacal comment? Good question, MAGA. But that's not the question I'll be addressing today. No, no, no. Back to Gavin Newsom. He was elected governor in 2018, same year as our very own J.B. Pritzker. It's a four-year term, so he's in office till 2023 with his re-election bid realistically kicking off sometime next year. But like I said... There's the recall movement. You can do that in California. 
It's a formidable task. You have to gather 12% of the vote from the last gubernatorial election, which roughly means about 1.5 million or so signatures. So far, the anti-Newsom crowd has claimed to have gathered 1.1 million, and they have until March 17th to complete their task. And remember, they have to be good, in quotes, signatures. That is, signatures of real registered voters who actually live in California, who sign their name exactly the way it looks like on the voter card. I'm sure there's all kinds of rules and regulations governing ballot access in California, just as there is in Illinois. So before it's all over, Gavin Newsom will send in the election lawyers who go over each and every signature to try to kick it off the petition and kill the initiative before it reaches the ballot. So there's no guarantee this will work. That means there's no guarantee it'll make the ballot. If it does, the matter will come before the voters and I'll be given a chance to boot them out and elect somebody else. And so now the question I face, and I don't duck and dodge, D. Oh, no, no ducking and dodging on the Ben Jarofsky show. The question I face is this. If I lived in California, would I sign that recall petition? It's kind of another version when you think about a day of, uh, am I on the Madigan bus? Am I off the Madigan bus? And then I got confused by like, what being on the Madigan bus really meant, but by and large, you got to take a stand. So I've been pondering this, been thinking about this for the last couple of days. And on the one hand, it is a MAGA initiative, and I can't stand the MAGA movement. And as Demi, as Newsom is, and he is a Dem, at least he's better than MAGA. On the other hand, there's a certain November 6th birthday party at a certain upscale restaurant in the Napa Valley called the French Laundry. Folks, let me take you back in time to November 6th. It was the height of another COVID spike in California. And Gavin Newsom was calling for more restrictions, closing more businesses, shuttering more parks. Got to stay in. Got to wear the masks. Got to stay socially distanced. Have to protect yourself. I'm the governor. I know. Do what I say. Wait, the French laundry? <laughs> I, I was waiting for you. A to- restaurant? You eat at a place with laundry in the name? You were like, Isn't he going to say something about that? Ladies and gentlemen, you should know something. Whenever Dennis is in the Napa Valley, he goes there maybe three or four times a year. He goes to the French Laundry, and he brings his dirty underwear. And that's, yeah. you know, where you, wait a minute. I thought there was a laundry mat. No, it's an upscale restaurant. Where, where do I get quarters? <laughs> I was waiting for you to respond. Anyway, back to the all-important question before us. Would I sign that petition? So, yes, in the middle of a COVID spike, Gavin Newsom went to the French Laundry. <laughs> I'm not even sure why the French Laundry was open since it was in the middle of a COVID spike. But, you know, I'm not really up on the different codes. in Cal- I have a hard enough tr- time figuring out phase one in Illinois, phase two. But somehow or other, the French Laundry was open. And Gavin Newsom had a rock and rolling good time with his cronies. And I will now read a CNN account of the night. <clears throat> I will read it in my radio voice, Steve. On November 6th, Newsom and his wife, Jennifer, attended a 50th birthday party for political... Oh, you're <laughs> fired! <laughs> Hit the bricks! <laughs> Horrible stop set intro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you... <laughs> no wonder they fired this guy at CPT. Oh, come here, Ben. No, no. <laughs> It wasn't the lefty politics. You couldn't get through that sentence. Oh, you mean it wasn't the tip stories? No. Got to be able to get to a sentence like that. Try it again. On November 6th, Newsom and his wife, Jennifer, attended a 50th birthday party for political consultant Dr. D. That's not his real name, but I just wanted to say that. At the Uber exclusive French (laughs) Uber (laughs) exclusive. Come on, man. Uber. How did that get past the editor at CNN? Uber exclusive French laundry restaurant in the heart of the state's Napa Valley. There were two of a dozen people at the event, which was held at an outdoor day table in the courtyard of the restaurant. Anyway, Gavin Newsom went on TV and fessed up. First, he said, well, <laughs> that county wasn't as hit as hard as others. So it wasn't that big a deal that I was eating out. And then he said <laughs> it was an outdoor restaurant, even though it really wasn't. It was indoors. And then he said, 
well, we're all humans and everyone makes mistakes. And then he apologized. So at least he apologized. But still, man, it sucks. It's everything wrong with Dems. They're so tone deaf to how they're perceived by the rest of humanity. Rules for thee, not for me. Think Mayor Lori Lightfoot getting that haircut after she did those commercials saying, don't get a haircut. Think Alderman Tom Tunney opening his restaurant for cinnamon roll speakeasy. So would I sign the petition? That's a drum roll. <laughs> no, I would not. As much as I can't take hypocritical Dems, I view MAGA as even a greater threat. But man, oh man, oh man, Dems! Why can't you just once in your life live as you preach? We got a great show today, everybody. Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez, she will be here. She's not eating any at any fancy French restaurants. Nobody wearing a mask. Everybody sitting on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, no. She's taking popular, strong stands on sometimes unpopular uh, issues. Got a lot of respect for Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. She's in the news today. We'll be talking about uh, yesterday's city council meeting and what went down when Mayor Lightfoot, well... She dropped another F-bomb. Boom! We'll be talking about that. Policing issues, budget issues, dealing with the mayor issues. All kinds of good conversation with one of my favorite alderwoman, alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man that Gavin Newsom and Lori Lightfoot probably called Dr. D with the news. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Boy, these governors, huh? I'm sure they're kind of they're kind of missing Donald Trump right now, right? Are they ever? <laughs> <laughs> you notice with Trump gone, I'm not ripping up Democrats. I'm yeah. back to ripping them. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I ripped Dems for so many years, and then Trump was here. I go, oh my god, ah, Cuomo, Newsom. But I still like Prince Kurti. I still like the guy. I don't know what it is. I like him. Uh, I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> Well, he, he he warned us. Hey, guys, how's it going? Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this <laughs> afternoon, what? What's so funny? Just thinking about how I've spent so many years ripping Dems and then voting for them. Need my head examined. Let's <laughs> picture Gavin Newsom. Can we go back to making fun of Trump again, please? <laughs> and Cuomo, too. What about Trump? Recall, hey, I'm okay with recalling Cuomo, though. That guy is, he's got to go. And Come on, Dems, yeah, New York. And for the love of God, can we give our Illinois governor a Grammy? I'd love to win a Grammy. He'd love to win one. <laughs> let's make it happen. All right, everybody, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Chicago, and I know what you're thinking right now. you got to be fucking kidding me. No, I'm not. We begin in Chicago, Whoa. and we begin. Did you just drop an F bomb? You say on that me? every time I do it. <laughs> no, we're not. WBZ, we're... if you're listening, I made him drop that F bomb. Okay, we're... if you're listening, WTTW, I made him drop that F bomb. We're not kidding you. We begin in Chicago, and we begin with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> Whatever you say, Madam Mayor. <laughs> Uh, what a speech. <laughs> I have no public events listed for Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And you know, that's a good thing. Because after this letter, I am about to read to all of you a letter from some of Chicago's top businesses and sports figures. The mayor's head is so big and inflated, she wouldn't be able to fit through any normal-sized doorways at the moment. She's feeling very confident, is what I'm trying to say. The Sun-Times had the scoop this morning, but Illinois Politico and Shia Kapos did a fantastic job of covering it. So we're going to her. Shia Kapos writes, some of the biggest names in Chicago business and sports have taken out a full-page newspaper ad to show their support for Mayor Lightfoot. Their Dear Mayor Lightfoot letter appears in today's Sun-Times saying, quote, the pandemic, racial strife and recession are a triple threat to our hometown. We commend you and your team for your steadfast leadership in navigating the city 
through this crisis. The letter is signed by 63 corporate leaders across a range of industries and comes as political watchers start to gauge who might challenge Lightfoot in her re-election bid two years from now. And for those wondering, no, the Ben Jarofsky Show Corporation is not one of those uh, people in the letter. <laughs> It also comes as a counter to a report in Cranes a few weeks ago saying there was, quote, grumbling in the business community about the mayor's handling of COVID-19 and the social and economic fallout, including the city's murder rate and increase in carjacking. So, yes, really rich people like our mayor. I have the letter here. We're going to read some of this live stream chat listener. Jay Marie, grab some tissue. I think you may need this. All right. It's very emotional. <laughs> also, hey, Jay Marie, happy late birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Belatedly. All happy right. BJ. So I have the letter here. Let's see how much of this we can bear. <laughs> Let's read some of this glowing. Ben, feel free to tap out and say uncle whenever. All right. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> uncle. <laughs> go ahead, Dan. <laughs> Oh, my God. Actually, before uh, we do this, let me do a little vocal workout before I read this letter. Hold on a second. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. The letter says, Dear Mayor Lightfoot, today, Chicago, like cities across our nation, is at a crossroads. The pandemic, racial strife, and recession are a triple threat to our hometown. We commend you and your team for the steadfast leadership in navigating the city through this crisis. While the task ahead is daunting, Chicago has a unique opportunity to rebuild in a way that ensures we emerge stronger, fairer, and more resilient. Investing in our schools, healthcare system, and small businesses in key neighborhoods will not only lay a solid foundation for job growth, innovation, and economic expansion. It will also help address deep-rooted racial and socioeconomic inequities plaguing our community. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment. No one can rebuild our beloved city alone. Only when our political leaders, the business community, civic groups, religious organizations, nonprofits, and cultural institutions join forces with a shared vision and effort can we succeed. As you've said, we all need to work together to build the future we uh, all be the future we weak. So, oh, we seek. Sorry, I can read. All right. We all need to work together to build a future we seek. So today, as business leaders responsible for employing thousands of Chicagoans, we're stepping up to stand with you in the Chicago Community Trust. We support together. We rise for, for an equitable and just recovery. The initiative you and your Dr. Helen Gale announced on October 18th to ensure an equitable and just recovery. Feel free to tap out and say uh, through financial right. and in kind of okay oh tapping out okay (laughs) i i uh i forgot i was just sitting here oh god oh my god d what can i say you know i've been covering uh politics in this town as dennis uh said for 40 years and uh with the exception of that four years or five years when harold washington reigned this was the typical kind of spiel you would get for the business community in Chicago regarding the mayor. And this D is why I get so, I can't even get a word out. (laughs) (laughs) When I think about what freaking frauds corporate Chicago is when their initiatives about good government, you know how they outraged it every now and then when some like Burke gets snared in some corruption case or Madigan is, is linked to a corruption case and we're outraged. The price of corruption in this sound is so long, but year after year, they just suck up to the mayor. They sucked up to the mayor under Richard J. Daly long, long, long before any of you were born, listeners. They sucked up to the mayor big time under baby Daly, Richard M. Daly. They ushered in Mayor Rahm and sucked up to him for every year. Just like this letter could be written to any mayor by corporate Chicago and civic Chicago. Look the other way and all the dumb things mayors do. Sign on to their wasteful initiatives that don't benefit anybody in the city of Chicago. And then act like they're really concerned about rebuilding in an equitable way the city of Chicago. Folks, no one involved with this letter is into equity. This city is 
set up so that if you have clout, you get something for it. And exhibit A of that is the TIF program, which is the single number one greatest source of money of discretionary income this city has to rebuild poor neighborhoods, to destroy the walls of inequity. If you really wanted to dedicate yourself to making sure that Chicago was run fairly and equitably, as they say in this letter, you would be saying, dear Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the time has come to radically change the TIF program so that instead of spending most of the money in well-to-do communities that don't need the investment that much, we spend it in poor communities that really need the investment and spend it in such a way as not to drive out the people who live there through gentrification. But see, Chris Kennedy was right, ladies and gentlemen, two years ago when he ran for governor, and he said the whole purpose of these planning programs by Mayor Rahm, and well, he didn't mention Daly because even, even that was too radical for Chris Kennedy. But all the mayors is to drive poor people out of Chicago to fuel gentrification. Because if you're well-to-do, that's what progress is. And that's what the mayor's committed to. And then they have like, you know, they give lip service to caring about poor neighborhoods and poor people and inequity. They don't care about breaking down the walls. They don't care about being fair, more equal distribution. They don't care about rebuilding Chicago in a way that helps poor people as much as rich people. If they did, they'd have joined the chorus for ending the unfair TIF program years ago. They know what's going on and they look the other way and then they sign little PR letters like this. And you're right, D. Or Shia was right. This is all a reaction to that article. Greg Hines, I got to give you a shout out. Can we give a shout out to our dear friend, Greg Hines? Do it. Yes. I'm so close to getting that interview with Greg. So that'd be perfect. You know, say some good things. And then, you know, we can finally get that interview. One on one. Vinny J. Greg Hines. I'm going to say some good things about Greg Hines. Yes. Political reporter for Crane Chicago Business. Uh, And I think it was Greg Hines. Uh I'm on a limb. What if Greg didn't write the story? You know what I mean, D? (laughs) But I think it was Greg. So, Greg, if you didn't actually write the story, I'll take back all the nice things I said about you. But he wrote this story about how corporate Chicago was a little dissatisfied with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And they're talking about <laughs> I have to laugh when I think about this, talking about getting behind other candidates. When I, when I, I didn't actually read the story because there's that paywall at Cranes. God bless them, by the way. They got to make money, too, D. OK, they got the paywall now. So I'm like, do I want to give Cranes money? Well, I'm already giving the New York Times money. I'm already giving the Sun-Times money. I'm already giving the Tribune money. You know what? Should I give Cranes? Ah, sorry, Greg. Nah, not doing it. So but people have told me about the articles. So, yeah, this is a response. I think Shia Kapos is absolutely correct. This is corporate Chicago's way of letting Mayor Lori Lightfoot know that we love you, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Just like we love Mayor Rahm, just like, like we love Richard M. Daly and Richard J. Daly. The names of corporate Chicago have changed, but really the policies of sucking up to the all-powerful mayor have not. That's how they do it. They make their deals with the mayor. The mayor makes sure they get taken care of. The mayor makes sure there's no progressive taxation in the city. The mayor makes sure that most of economic development dollars are spent in the wealthiest gentrifying neighborhoods and everybody every now and then, usually on Martin Luther King's birthday, like commits themselves to helping the poor. That's how it goes in the city of Chicago. And let me just make a correction here. There are no sports people on this list in terms of like people who play sports. You know, it's not like, Oh, Michael Jordan's on this list or, Oh, Mitch Trubisky is on this list. No, the owners of the teams just throwing that out there. So it's like if you own a team, it's not like you're a sportsman. I know it's a minor point, D. So the owner of the Bears. They should have a full-page ad in the Chicago Sun-Times from corporate Chicago to Chicago Bears. How could you be so stupid as to draft Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes? How about that for a full-page newspaper ad in the Sun-Times, huh, D? 
Yeah, that'll never happen. Uh, but you know. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I saw this. I saw this full page. And it was like D. I saw this full page ad. I was like, oh my god, a flashback. I remember like the years of daily when he was proposing the Olympics for Chicago that would bankrolls bankrupt Chicago and just give Chicago taxpayers this huge burden that they couldn't afford and would take the parks away from us from years and years, turning them to construction zones. And I remember all of corporate Chicago joining the board and praising the mayor as a visionary. Oh my God. This is by the way, folks, this is like, after one of the most corrupt four years any mayor has had, the 2003 to 2007, this is after he looked the other way, Mayor Daley, when he was state's attorney, a John Burge. Oh, what a wonderful mayor. Oh, what a great city. Nothing changes, D. The names change. But these basic power relations remain the same. I just got to say, Ben, I know you said all that, but this letter's really good. Like, I'm starting to disagree with you here. <laughs> We pledge to engage our employees, suppliers, and broader stakeholders across Chicago to join us to make a greater impact. We love Chicago. We're here to stay, and we are committed to contributing to the task at hand. Our future is very bright indeed. Let's rise! Love- this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Woo. Yeah, we're, we're here to stay. But if you just talk, if you talk about like something like a uh, transaction tax, we're moving to Gary. Remember yesterday, Monroe? Yeah, you put a tax on them. They're all going to move to Gary. But no, Monroe, quick, let's call Monroe. They're here to stay, Monroe. You didn't read the letter to the editor. Monroe would be laughing. I'll tell you what. The only time I didn't see corporate Chicago rally around a mayor was in about 1989 when uh, Sawyer was the mayor, Eugene Sawyer, in the aftermath of Harold Washington's death. And corporate Chicago was like, can we just get Richard M. Daly in there right now so we can continue the business of running Chicago? It's funny they didn't write a full-page letter like that for Eugene Sawyer. So, yeah, D. Beautiful letter, yeah, but you're right. You're right. It reads like poetry. Wonder who actually wrote the letter? So, you know what I mean? It was Some really kids. good. It was really good, and it's kind of, it's kind of, they're kind of winning me over. <laughs> Just saying. I know it's not popular here on the program, but it's got to say. You know what? The thing is, Secret of Dennis is a big Lori Lightfoot, but they they were hanging out together at uh, Sue Sedlowski Carson's Labor Day picnic. Remember that? You went. I got a picture of if you forgot. Oh, yeah, no, so, no. It was right after you got her autograph. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hi, Larry Lightfoot. I really like you. I think God, your campaign is just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Could you sign my autograph book? All right. Which with goes, with okay. more on Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, we go to our brand new voicemail. Ben, our voicemail segment is picking up steam. I'm pretty happy about this, all right? Yes, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. And, you know, live stream chat, love you to death. I think you guys are great. We always have a great time. We love your voicemails. But we got a voicemail from someone who is not a live stream chat listener. Like I said, I think this voicemail segment is picking up, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a podcast listener. Yes. Mm-hmm. An avid listener to the Ben Jarofsky show named Charlie. Charlie sent us a voicemail and we would love to play it. Uh, you may have a little uh, inside uh, information here. I don't know. But let's uh, hear the voicemail from Charlie. You could do the same guy. 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky show. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us your name. Uh, it could be a fake one. We won't know. Just call us and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to play it. Here we go. Hey, Ben and Dennis. Uh, my name is uh, Charlie, and I listen to the podcast every day. Um, I was a consultant for the city of Chicago for 10 years. And, uh, Ben, I something that doesn't come up so often is that I feel like uh, that Lori Lightfoot worked for uh, the procurement department which is the uh, the department that assigns those budget funds uh, for their various uses. Uh, so I feel like, one, obviously when it comes to budget stuff, she's going to be have a, a, a 
huge lack of patience for anybody else who has something to say about it. But more importantly, as somebody who worked at the city, Lightfoot's time in office, as you're talking about her sort of inability to get things done, she doesn't, she's not running it like a mayor. I mean, she's being a bully and she's being in charge and she's doing all these things. But what it looks like to me is like when somebody who was sort of an underling at the city would become a department head or, or they become like a division head or whatever, and then they would start to flex their muscles and sort of get revenge. That's what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel like, I mean, it feels like a Chicago mayor, but it doesn't feel like Ron. It feels like, it, it feels like someone who is solely interested in sort of, you know, 10 years ago, she didn't like how things ran and now she's doing kind of whatever she wants. Anyways, guys, I love the show. And uh, I'll call back again or whatever, and uh, I'll keep listening. So thanks a lot. Bye. Charlie. Well, you know, uh, what Charlie's alluded to, thank you very much for calling Charlie, and thanks for listening. I think what Charlie's alluding to is that moment in time, and, uh, oh, gosh, it was about uh, 2005 or so. I forget the exact year when Lori Lightfoot came on with Mary Dempsey to clean up the uh, procurement situation in the city of Chicago and uh, the way contracts are distributed, uh, distributed. She was always had that reputation as sort of like a good government type. This is the same thing with the business community. <laughs> we believe in good government, uh, you know, equitable government. Well, that's a whole other thing. Fair government. We're not commies. Okay. We believe in good government, which means we look the other way while all our cronies are just like stealing from government. And then we're outraged when somebody else catches them. That's how good government works in the city of Chicago. I'm outraged uh, after somebody else did the hard work of pointing out or something we were looking the other way at all this time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting uh, a theory, uh, Charlie, that this is payback. Um, and how is Lori Lightfoot different than Rom. You know, I was thinking about this day the other day when I was doing one of my famous walks, walking through the neighborhood. It's really hard to do with all the ice and snow uh, on the ground. How different is Lori Lightfoot from Rom? And right now, I'd have to say, it's really, you can't make the real accurate comparison. And I'll tell you why. Lori Lightfoot was slammed by the pandemic and challenged in a way that Mayor Rahm never was. You know, Mayor Rahm, like he hit the ground running and he was set to use Chicago uh, as his backdrop to prove that he was a pro-business, anti-union, uh, middle of the road them, and hope that would advance his political career or at least build his uh, corporate Rolodex and probably do both. And, um, so he never had to deal with the challenge of the budget restraints caused by pandemic, the challenge of businesses going out of business, restaurants shuttering. Like a huge industry in Chicago is the restaurant uh, business the and the restaurant industry, excuse me. So he never had to deal with those kinds of challenges. So it's really hard to, to accurately and fairly compare Lori Lightfoot to Rom because she has been on the defensive really uh, in for the last year, good God, it's been a full year. So no major initiatives, no groundbreaking development deals. You know, you can't see like what she would do with all that power she has uh, in terms of economic development because let's face it, it's been frozen by the pandemic. So it's really hard to compare Lori Lightfoot with Rom uh, in terms of what she's done as mayor, in terms of temperament, as we'll get in with Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, she's got a wicked temper. That's she was right up there with Mayor Daly, Richard M. Daly, um, in terms of just you know quick silver temper. Uh, so uh, yeah, I feel as though uh, the comparison to Rom can't quite make it right now. We'll see what happens in the next year. Charlie. What great content you deliver to this program. People, be just like Charlie. Call The Ben Jarofsky Show, 708-658-4788. Charlie, just to let you know, I know you're not on the live stream chat. Maybe you should join sometime. You'd be in good company. 
The live stream chat loved your call. All right. 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. We will play your voicemail. Oh, Ben, looks like we got a, another new voicemail. Let me check this. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think oh, we want fuck you. Oh, my God. We want to break it up. Holy cow. Now, just you go there and you... By the way, uh, I got a text from Raylo. Uh, he like, got a kick out of, uh, that was Raymond Lopez, Alderman of the 15th Ward. Uh, he got a kick out of the little reference I made to him in this week's column. Uh, we'll bring him back to the show. Today. I promise, so many guests, so little time. I'm doing the best I can <laughs> to get everybody back. So uh, we'll bring Raylo back. we fun talking to him. Get the update. Uh, just hearing that voice, that showdown, D. It's one of my favorite bits. One of my favorite all-time moments in the city of Chicago. Think about that. 40 years, D. And that's one of my favorites. Holy cow. No offense. (laughs) That may top it. Out of all 40 years, I think that could top it. All right, everybody. And hey, will Ray Lopez call us for our Ben Jarofsky Show anniversary day special? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. Yes, February 27th, the Ben Jarofsky Show podcast will be two years old. Happy anniversary, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sobbing. It's Happy true. Happy anniversary, D. And I've decided to put together a show, an anniversary day show. I'm, I guess I'll just take the time to explain this right now. Uh, what's, ben has no clue what the show is going to be. Uh, I've been reaching out to people. And uh, what I'm going to do here, uh, so typically, you know, break the fourth wall, Ben books every single guest on this program. Isn't that correct, Ben? That is correct. <laughs> yeah. um, a booking machine. <laughs> he books every single guest on this program. But for our anniversary special, the tables have turned. I have booked guests. Guests that Ben has no clue who they will be. All right. And they're going to call up randomly and join our Google meeting and tell uh, tell us a happy anniversary. And Ben will shoot the bull with them a little bit. So it's going to be our anniversary show. It's going to be available on February 27th, our two-year podcast anniversary. Check it out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben's going to have no clue who's going to be contacting us. And uh, it'll be a surprise, a little surprise anniversary party. What do you say, Ben? I think it's a great idea. And the whole time Dennis was telling me about this, let's break the fourth wall again. All the walls are destroyed. Our our infamous pre-show planning meetings. I'd be like, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, you don't really book guests. Do you even know how to book guests? And he'd be like, that that was insulting. (laughs) That's exactly what I mean. I'm insulted. Okay. I was booking guests in radio school while you were scribbling those columns for the reader. So, yeah, he's cooking something up, folks. I can smell it in the kitchen. Mmm, smells delicious. Something's coming up. Don't know what it is. Don't know who will be on, but it smells delicious. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show two-year anniversary show special. Who will be on? Tune in to find out. Available for download. ChicagoReader.com. Saturday, February 27th. All right, everybody, joining us in moments will be Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez of the 33rd Ward. She's going to be talking about what went down during yesterday's city council meeting. We talked about it at the end of Wednesday's program. For those who didn't catch it, well, let's catch you up before we talk with Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez here. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran the Woe Man Spielman. Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Wednesday got caught on a hot mic again at a city council meeting, this time using profanity. As Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez of the 33rd Ward wrapped her remarks on a resolution commemorating Black History Month, Lightfoot can clearly be heard muttering, and Mom, if you're listening, please hold your ears. (laughs) You gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) Shortly after taking office, Patrick Murray, then second vice president of the Fraternal Order of Police, rose during the uh, public comment session that precedes every city council meeting. Lightfoot was picked up by a live microphone telling her then corporation counsel Mark Flesner, that guy, remember the guy she told hit the bricks? Uh, 
<laughs> but Lightfoot was picked this up by the Lightfoot. good days when they loved each other. <laughs> she was telling Mark Flesner uh, back again, quote, this FOP clown. Afterwards, Lightfoot said she was, quote, sorry that I had said that out loud. She did not apologize for what she said. This time around, Lightfoot got caught during a virtual city council meeting and an audio uh, and an audio of the mayor's profane remark was circulating on social media within minutes of the slip. Lightfoot wasted no time texting Sanchez to say the profane remark had nothing to do with the, what the alderman was saying. She said, quote, uh, she sent a text saying, oh, this is from uh, Sanchez here. She said she sent a text saying that her staff brought something to her attention. And that was her expression to what her staff brought to her while she was presiding. I'm going to take her words as the truth, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez said, and I'm going to move on. Asked if Lightfoot had apologized, Sanchez said, quote, uh, it wasn't an apology. It was a clarification. She texted me to clarify that what was said was not said in reference to what I said. So, Ben, I know you said something about it. <laughs> what was it that you said again about what Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez said about what Mayor Lightfoot could have possibly said? Uh, huh. I said that she said that she said she said. That's what I said. Easy for you to say. I see. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, immediately after the show uh, gave uh, Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez a phone call. Good friend of the Ben Jarofsky show has been on several times. Uh, I say, hey, you want to come on and talk about this? And she said, yes. Now, I, after the show, listened to uh, the bit um, and it's, you know, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez. We're currently looking finishes... at the situation. Whoa. <laughs> Was that Phyllis? <laughs> Phyllis, how dare you? <laughs> it sounded, for a moment, it sounded like Phyllis. So uh, Rosanna's, uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez had finished her comments. And Mayor Lefferts, it's, it's, it's really low. You have to really listen and concentrate to hear it. And, uh, you know, the F-bomb flies. She thinks she's back on the Ben Jarofsky show. You know, people come on this show and the F-bomb is flying. Everybody wants to be Adolfo Mondragon and drop the F-bomb. But, D, I got to tell you, I'm just going to – I thought she was responding to Rosanna uh, Rodriguez-Sanchez. I didn't believe the clarification. I mean, I can't say for certain. Just my opinion. You asked me my opinion, okay? And um, so uh, I'm going to hold off a little more until I bring – uh, Alderwoman uh, Rodriguez Sanchez on the show and uh, let Rosanna talk about it. But uh, it gets into the issues of a mayor and her alderman uh, and uh, the lack of respect that the mayor often has uh, for the alderman. And uh, just the bad feelings, the bad vibes, if you will, right now that exists between the mayor and uh, the alderman. And, you know, D, it's there's an ideological dispute that's so clear and obvious to me here in Chicago. And it's kind of goes back to the letter from the business corporate community. I think Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has made it absolutely clear that she has a disdain for people of the leftist persuasion. And um, that would be you and me, D. Yeah, you, you, Mr. Hi, Lori, how you doing? I love you. Uh, I sound nothing barbecue. like that. <laughs> uh, I, <I'm, laughs> I may work with Ben, but I'm actually a Dem. Yeah. Um, just kidding. Dennis is so not a Dem. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do believe it's pretty obvious now that she shares Rom's utter, Mayor Rom's utter disdain for lefties. And, you know, I never felt that Daly, Mayor Daly, had this disdain for lefties. It just... I guess there weren't as many in Chicago back then. I mean, I'm just thinking about that in the 90s and the O's. There really weren't a lot of out-and-out leftists in the Chicago City Council. There were reformers. uh, There were people who occasionally criticized, like, a parking meter deal or, you know, a contract to an insider. But there there was not, like, an established leftist community. And that's something that's uh, evolved over the last 10 years or so, really got going with the uh, teacher strike of 2012. And it's really clear that uh, the mayors, Rahm and Lori Lightfoot, want to distance themselves from that community and, and, and make that community seem as though it's like this 
alien, bizarre thing on the fringe of Chicago, not unlike MAGA cultists. That's why she's always comparing the Chicago Teachers Union to the Fraternal Order of Police. She wants to, in public's eyes, the public should go, oh, yeah, like there's the nutcases on the left and there's the nutcases on the right. And yes, the mayor's in the middle where I am. And so there's like, what, six? I'm thinking of them in the Chicago City Council. Hardcore lefties. She openly fought with three of them. Carlos. Oh, by the way, Ben Jarowski show guest. What does that say about Ben Jarowski's show? Byron, Cecil Lopez, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, JT, Jeanette Taylor. That's four right there. So I don't know, D. You know what they say? I don't know, D. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think there's a lot of smoke. I'm not talking about reefer smoke. A lot of smoke coming on this one. I think the mayor's got a thing about lefties. B-Y-L-O-N-S-I-G-C-H-O-L-O-P-E-Z. Oh, thank you, Alderman, for spelling <laughs> name for us. No one asked Just that. Just a clarification. So, yes, we'll get into more of this uh, with Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez in a few minutes. That's right, everybody. A special edition, an interview edition of everyone's favorite daily Chicago political soap opera, Jay Marie, get the popcorn, a mayor and her alderman. <laughs> mayor and her alderman you have to be a good neighbor you have to be a good neighbor otherwise i'm gonna be up your butt every day that's awkward yeah just there you go that's that would be alderman tom tunney of the 44th ward who is very much not a lefty very much very very much i he would say he's like a moderate but i think he's heading over to mitt romney country actually mitt romney is probably to the left of Tom Tunney and Lori Lightfoot these days. Uh, so, um, of course, Tom Tunney was the one who operates Cinnamon Roll Speakeasy uh, out of his restaurant on the north side of Chicago in the middle of the pandemic. He was opening the restaurant. If you had the right code, he'd let you in the back room and get you a cinnamon roll. And uh, But he is the head of the zoning committee. He's one of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's uh, chief allies in the city council. She doesn't, you never heard her telling him to beep off. You never hear her drop the F-bomb on him when he's done talking. Ah, Dennis, I'm telling you, she's got a thing about lefties, doesn't like them, doesn't want anything to do with them. I think the business community agrees with her in that. You know what they're kind of doing? They're just going to pretend like lefties don't exist. I don't see you. I don't hear you. Therefore, you are not here. That's kind of their attitude. And every now and then when someone like Byron Sisha Lopez or uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez really speaks out so you can't ignore them, then they get mad. Oh, and that's why they really hate the Chicago Teachers Union. So, so you're saying don't count on Mayor Lightfoot being at a first Tuesday show at the hideout when the pandemic's over? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Oh, my God. No, those days are over, D. Uh, I think Lori Lightfoot would view our show a bunch, bunch of loozy, commie hippies. <laughs> I'm the mayor of the city of Chicago. All right, let's end it out with some shots. statewide news here. Ooh. Our Illinois Governor, J.B. Pritzker, is a very busy boy this afternoon. Don't believe me? Okay, we believe you. <laughs> let's begin with phase one. Never in my life. J.B. Pritzker was in Alsop, Illinois at 10 a.m. this morning to announce Rebuild Illinois' capital grants to help support economic development projects across the state. J.B., please tell us more. By giving these initiatives the upfront and transformative funding boost that they need to move forward, we're spurring a chain of new public and private investments aligned with what the communities want to see. All right. Anything else? In Marion, we're mm, expanding okay. Marion. commercial and residential building space. In Calumet Park, we're increasing transit accessibility. We're building affordable housing for seniors in East St. Louis. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, too. What's the complaint? Hey, you know, I got a soft spot for JB. 
What can I tell you, Dave? I got a soft spot for it. And I'll say it. I've said it again and again and again. It's because he's the front lines. You know, I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh, we did the whole segment about the, the Pritzker sucks movement in the state of Illinois. And will that catch on? And D, after our show, I was thinking about it. I actually thought about it. Like, okay, will that catch on? You know, uh, and I'm watching. I don't know if you're planning to talk about this. Adam Kinzinger, the congressman from the 16th congressional district, already has an opponent in the Republican primary, a woman who's a, like a MAGA, <laughs> a MAGA out and out MAGA flag flyer. Maga hat wear. So I'm like, yeah, they're they're really getting serious. They got their the big feller, DB, running for governor. Uh, Kinsinger is being challenged. All the other Republican Congress people in the state of Illinois are clearly on the MAGA bus. You know, Bose is so angry about the uh, the boss like tactics of Michael Madigan, the late uh, f- former House Speaker Michael Madigan, I should say, not late. He's still very much alive. Uh, but uh, not a word to say about the boss tactics of Donald John Trump. So it's clear that this is what the Republicans have decided is the winning ticket for them statewide. And that's why I, you know, I, I've got a lot of more sympathy for J.B. Pritzker than, let's say, Mayor Lori. I have for Mayor Lori Life because he is on the front lines against MAGA. It's very serious threat to the state of Illinois, in my humble opinion, if the Republicans seize control of the state. And uh, they're unified, the Republicans, behind uh, the MAGA banner or under the MAGA banner. The new state chairman is a MAGA guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, this is precarious. In my humble opinion, this is a precarious moment for the state of Illinois. How are we as a state going to deal with this threat? And by the way, it's really interesting, D, whenever I see uh, the MAGA candidates, they want to pretend like the January 6th insurrection didn't exist. It's sort of like Gavin Newsom Dems. Well, in, in California, you know, I want to pretend like he didn't really go to the French Laundry. What a name <laughs> for a restaurant. Yeah, sounds disgusting. Uh, somebody knew, knew some did apologize. I guess that's more you can say for Trump. But uh, yeah, I... Uh, J.P. Pritzker's on the front lines, in my humble opinion. I'm glad he apologized. It seemed to really get him far. <laughs> oh, Gavin? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the apology? Yeah, they saw the apology. Oh, my God. Full of uh, just just using his hands when he talks. Now, listen. I, I, doing a yeah. lot of that hand talking. I, and and uh, can I make another confession, D? Sure. He, he, Gavin Newsom is like such a good looking guy. You know, let me just get that out there. I think there may be a little envy on my part because he's a good looking guy. He's got great hair. You know, he's like kind of like a Pat Riley thing going. Oh, what's know? Cuomo? Chop liver? <laughs> no, what I'm saying is Cuomo's a good looking guy too. Don't get mad at me, Andrew, all right? He's going to call me up and start screaming at me like I'm an assemblyman. God damn you. Huh? Like threaten me and stuff like that. I'll break your legs, you hippie freak. So, not saying that Cuomo's not a good-looking guy, but uh, I think I got a little. I may have a little animosity here, Gavin Newman. D. I gotta confess this. I'm gonna use you like you're my therapist. May have a little animosity toward him because he's so freaking good-looking. He came on that TV with that apology. We talk about his. I just watched it again. Yeah. And, and like he drops these things on it while building to the apology. He's like, well, you know, the it was an op- uh, outdoor restaurant. No, it wasn't. They had a window that opened. This is not making an outdoor restaurant. It's not like you're sitting in a cafe, you know, and it was like a orange. I guess they have color coded, you know, COVID phases, right? We have phase one, phase two. Every, every day before the show, D, which one is phase one again? Is that the bad one or the good one? doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, and I'm like, think- dude, what, you could have used this conversation a year ago, dude. <laughs> Trying to figure out the phases now? Wait, Dennis, Dennis, hold on. Before I go on, I got to act like I know this stuff. Because it just doesn't make sense. Why would you build one, two, three, four, five? I would, it would be another wave. It would be a countdown, wouldn't it? Then just focus, okay? It's my coworker, guys. <laughs> So anyway, they have their own like orange and red and blue. And he goes, well, it was only an orange. 
dude, total hypocrite, total hypocrite. Tom Tunney like in your hypocrisy. Oh, Jay Marie, so, you, may, you may be right, Jay Marie, on the live stream chat. Andrew Cuomo does look a little like Mo on The Simpsons. <laughs> very, very that does not mean he's not an attractive man, okay? I just got to tell you, D, he's not going to call you and threaten to break your leg. Let me tell you something, you little punk. I'm the governor of New York. I can make or break people like you. I can crush you. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Good job, Dems in New York, electing that in guy as your governor. Oh, damn, back to bashing Dems. Yeah, it wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't take long. I knew it wouldn't take long. And there you go, guys. That's our local news. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Over 900 episodes of the Ben Jarofsky show for you to check out. Go check them out. Our interview with Monroe is posted. Our interview with Maya Dugmasova is posted. Uh, great interviews with uh, names like Stacey Davis Gates, Troy LaRavier, Carlos Ramirez Rosa. And so much more, chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. You can find us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. Once again, Elaine, thank you so much for that kind email you sent to us. Ben, I need to forward it to you to make sure you saw it. Uh, Elaine uh, listens to us every day while she's on her jog. Oh, that's good to know. She's, right? You know what, Elaine? I'm going to join you. This is my. Uh, <laughs> well, I need you for the show. What? I need you for the show. All right. I, you know, I've been getting a little out of shape during the winter. Yeah, I'm like a big bear hibernating, and uh, I think I'm going to start getting back in shape. D. I think I may start jogging again. You know what, Mark Brown? If you're listening, Chicago Sun Times columnist, I'm going to take that hill 15 times. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I'm going to do 16 just to beat your 15. Oh, man, you know, my producer brain is just cooking right now. We, we can make a podcast special, Mark Brown versus Ben Jarosky, the Cricket Hill Challenge. <laughs> Two old geezers. <laughs> I'm going to get up that hill. Maybe make Romana run that hill with us. You know, she goes jogging. Did you know that? Romana was Romana's a jogger. How about Monroe? Get him out of the house. <laughs> She does Tai Chi. <laughs> bringing, more, bringing more people into this. Okay, sure. We can make a big tournament out of it if you want. The Cricket Hill Challenge coming this summer on the Ben Jarofsky Show. That's actually probably never going to happen. But uh, send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. Elaine, thank you so much uh, for that once again. And also, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show just like Charlie did, 708-658-4788. Thank you once again, Charlie, for uh, sending that voicemail. That number again, 708 658 Four seven eight eight. We would love to hear from you. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, no, we're not fucking kidding you. It's all the woman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from my apartment in Ben's attic. Let's begin with phase one.
Don't believe me? Don't believe me? You have to be a good neighbor. <laughs>